With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Fright Talk. Today is August 13th, Friday the 13th. We hope, we, we hope you don't have chiscadecophobia, but tonight we surely want to scare you and delight you. If any time you'd like to speak to us during this live podcast, you may call us at 347-539-5372. Again, that's 347-539-5372. And if you're a little shy, you prefer to inbox us with your questions, comments, or requests. You can send those to everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. My brother here, Nadim, who you're going to hear from in a second, is also available on Instagram at Fright Talk Guys. Check us out. And you can DM us your questions there as well. And you can also shoot, him to him, shoot some over to him on NTABS at N-T-A-B-S-C-H. We're all ears. Good evening, brother. How are you tonight, Nadim? I am very good, Billy. Very good, and very happy to be back. I know, right? I know the two weeks felt like they were a little longer from one episode to the other. You know what's funny? You say that, yes, because we were together in the last episode, right? And you know, physically, folks, for those of you who are listening, we were actually in the same space recording, and it, and it does seem like it was longer. Like those two weeks did fly by, absolutely. But do you think they're ready for tonight's show, Nadine? Do you think they're ready? Oh, I don't know. I hope they're ready. We've gotten a lot of really cool questions and a lot of really cool stories that have popped in, plus stories, our own stories that we have. So I'm really looking forward to tonight's episode. I'm looking forward to every night's episode that we have a show. But tonight specifically, you know, uh, school starts here in South Florida, for Dade County anyways, starts in about a week or so. I mean, teachers will report next week, and then after that, you have the students reporting. And so I know that for some, they think of school, and they think of going back to school, and it's just an amazing experience. And others, it's almost panic-inducing, right? Yeah. Yep. Either based on the experience or the nerves or things like that. So I'm so ready to, to dive deep into all of those uh, wonderful stories and questions that we have. And, Billy, let me ask you this. In your experience, mm-hmm. and you're, 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 you're a lifelong educator, in your experience, when you were a student, were you more excited for school to start or more fearful for school to start? More excited. I, I was so excited. 
you know, in the younger years, you know, the earlier years, I was very excited. But as I matured, I started realizing, oh, it's, it's coming because responsibilities began to pile on and you were moving towards that thing called adulting. So the earlier years, absolutely couldn't sleep hardly the night before. Was excited to meet your friends to see who your new teachers what teachers were. I, I enjoyed those days very much. But as I matured, it began to it began to dissipate a bit. How about you? Well, I remember, you know, it's always like so. The night before school would start, I couldn't sleep. Right, the nerves you get. What kind of teacher am I going to get? What if they're mean? Right, so I got to deal with this person for a year if they're mean, or what if they give a lot of work? So I, I think that. Um, always the day before school starts and leading up to it, you know, it's usually a restless night. Sometimes it's with excitement and sometimes it's with fear, right? Fear of the unknown. And, you Mm -hmm. know, Billy, we've worked in various types, different types of educational buildings. Mm -hmm. They all have a similar feel though, those buildings. And during the day, these very busy bustling places are full of life, but at night, yep. It's a different story, right? There's this, like, eeriness almost to it, right? Billy, you've been in in, uh, in institutions of, of education at night. What is your take on it? I would say this. Spaces are great when humans are there, but at night, <laughs> their darkness envelops. And it definitely takes on a different spin. And you take for granted so often when you're there during the day only to enjoy the day life. You know, we forget that buildings are spaces and they have life or stories or situations in the after hours. And so it's, I, I think that's a great topic, which leads us to this, Nadine. Today, folks, we're talking about Friday Talk School Horror Stories. Join us as we share creepy and unusual stories that revolve around schools. Have an unforgettable, te- an unforgettable teacher that spoke, that spooked you or a classmate with a unique dark story. Fiction or real, we want to hear from you. So send your short stories or episodes in 35 words or fewer to any of the previously listed options, whether it be on Everyday Folks, uh, an Everyday Folks Listen at gmail.com or on Fright Talk Guys DM or on Nadine's um, Instagram. You have some options. We want to hear your stories. And Nadine, I got a question for you now. So in speaking and keeping in the spirit of what you just said, yes, it is spooky, it's sinister, it's strange, but I also find myself when I'm on a road passing a school I want to look over there <laughs> yeah like I want to look and see what's going on like will there be life and will I see something I shouldn't see because after, after all it is a Saturday evening and I'm riding by a, a, let's say Corey Elementary and I'm like oh look the school is dark there are no lights there at least we hope I, I hope not to see a light and if I do see a light should it be the, should it be on or is there someone there doing what they need to do and so these, you know, these educational spaces can be great yet exciting and also very hauntingly strange places at night. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I think that, you know, during the folks, for those of you that drive by a school at night, mm-hmm. uh, during the weekday, people are there working usually till 10 o'clock at night. So it's not yep. uncommon to see some movement even at nighttime. As Billy said, if it's a Saturday you know, and it's night, eh, you probably shouldn't have anybody at a school on a Saturday at night. But there is this, you know, schools can be vast, right? They can be big. So you got this big empty space, and it's just a, a place that's usually filled with sound is silent. And I think there's something eerie about that component. 
You know, it, it's the same as if you were to be in a mall when it closes and there's nobody else around and all the stores are closed and you're in a mall. That's true. This is a place that's bustling and then you're in this now this space mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where it's just eerily silent. And I think that, that there's, a, there's a bit of a creep factor there. There is a bit of a creep factor. And you know what else, folks? I want you to be aware of this. You know, we want you to be aware of this as, you, as we discuss tonight's stories. And thank you, those of you who sent questions in much earlier. I, I, first of all, we recognize that all horror stories in schools are not always about ghosts. And we also recognize there are some pretty horrific things that are going on right now or have gone on right now in ed- educational settings that could be very scary. But tonight, what we want to do is just celebrate those classic or even those real stories that you have that you feel would be meaningful for entertainment. So in brief, folks, this is a disclaimer. Please make sure that whatever you're sharing, you're sharing in the spirit of entertainment because we want to make sure that we're keeping in the spirit of that and honoring those who may have gone through other circumstances. This show is not about that. Right, right. And I'm glad you said that, Billy. I'm glad you said that because it's important. And also, especially with kids going back to school, Kids shouldn't listen to our show, but uh, with (laughs) students going back to school, this is we don't want to, you know, we don't want them to spook them or anything like that. We want them to be excited, and and some of these stories are are funny stories and they're exciting stories. So we're, you know, we're very lucky for everybody who shared. Uh, I have to tell you, folks, that the outpouring that Billy and I get every after every show is just amazing. It It really is. is. The support and the love is there, and we feel it throughout the two weeks from one show to another. And uh, so do know that all of that love that gets in our way, all of those messages, all of that stuff, we we truly appreciate it. And we appreciate the fact that, well, we'll start with one of the stories here. There's a question that came in um, from Xavier Nadim that I wanted to read. He wanted to know from us, what what can be the one thing we do that makes schools less? Okay, what can we do? I think this is what a question should be asking. What can what one thing can we do to make schools less scary at night? Mm. And so that's a good question, Xavier. I'll speak from an entertainment standpoint. I kind of like when it's scary, especially when it's fall. <laughs> you know, so oh, yes, I'm okay yes. with it there. But I think one of the obvious is, is lighting, staffing, and things of that nature. I would also say as well, if children are after hours, and when I say children, anyone under 18 or anyone registered, you can be 18 and still be a child in high school if you're a senior, for instance. But if you are on these school grounds after hours, you need to be accompanied by an adult. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's a very good question. And, of course, Billy, I, I agree with you. The lighting is definitely important. And let me also say this. The upkeep of the gardening is important as well because if you have a school – and you have these trees that are overgrown in front of the school and, you know, and it's very dimly lit, you know, that adds to the creep factor, doesn't it? Right. When yeah, we think of like an old school cemetery, even the entertainment value of it for movies and stuff, those old school cemeteries that we think of, what does it always have? An overgrown tree or a dying off tree. So it's important also, I would say definitely lighting, not that little flood lighting. I know they do it to save energy and cost. But better lighting, and and I think that the garden and the the land needs to be maintained, believe it or not. I think that would kind of take away from that creep factor. It would make it a little less scary. And be aware of blind spots, too, right, Nadine? I mean, for instance, how many blind spots can you think of on your campus if you were there at night? 
spots oh, yeah. where, where someone could hide or tuck away or play a prank on you. Listen, when I'm going to my office, and even though I only have to go one floor off in the, in the building where I work at at my college, but even still, you've been there, Nadim, actually, with me one time yeah. for when we yeah. hosted a haunted house. It's a different world up there. The lights come on automatically and turn off. It's, yeah. it's a different world up there. And so I, I would say those blind spots are important because when it's dark, you have different corridors or spaces or, or, or slots that people could be in, or at least my imagination could run wild in. So, Xavier, in brief, unless you're security at any of these places, make sure that you're, you're do- taking the right measures. That is the truth. That is the truth. Got a question here for you, Billy, from Jasper. And Jasper says, well, Jasper asks, do you guys like staying late at work? I work at a school at night as a security guard. I have to tell you, I hear stuff. Some places I won't go to without a shift partner. Wow. Mm. Mm. So, really, what about staying late at work? Are you a fan of this? Sorry, unfortunately, Nadine, we're we're all victims of that circumstance. I know, I know. On I know. occasion, some of my best work is done after hours. But you know, I'll say this: my version of staying late, you know, my day ends early, like mid afternoon. So as late, if I'm there after six, that's late, right? But the, the campus is just thriving and popping with with evening students who are coming in for six to ten p.m. classes, and so as a result. I don't mind staying late, Jasper, because I get my best work done. The phone stops ringing at a certain point, and I could just focus, especially when I'm grading papers or working on a special project. I can just get my stuff done. So I don't mind staying late. But, Jasper, it sounds like to me you have a different um, classification of work, which means security. And if you're working with security, you're more, more likely to work graveyards sometimes in the early days of your career, and you get to see things in buildings for what they're worth. And so I, I could tell you, you will hear something, whether it be nature or nature calling or something else, something. Now, the question is, you can hear stuff, Jasper, but you never said you saw anything. And I'm assuming you have security cameras to help you see stuff on the campuses, too. So if you're <laughs> listening right now, tell us. <laughs> Answer that question. But what do you think, Nadine? You, what is your thought on staying late at work, especially as the day begins to fade? Well, you know, Billy, I think we've all had those days as educators that were there early, and I mean mm-hmm. early while some people are still asleep, and then for whatever reason is, there's some sort of event or something going on that we have to stay there well into the nighttime, you know, and so um, it's not common, you know, it's not something that happens every day, but it's something that happens, and you do notice there is an eeriness to it, in my opinion, Now, and I also want to say to Jasper, you know, and for folks listening, Jasper, mm-hmm. thank you for the work you do, because every component of somebody in school is important, from the custodian to the cafeteria lady, obviously the teachers, security guards. So thank you for the work you do. But, you know, when it comes to hearing things at night, mm-hmm. your mind can play tricks on you. You know, maybe you hear something in the bushes, it ends up being a squirrel, you know, something like that. Now, Jasper being a security him knowing the school in and out, he probably knows that there's certain places he shouldn't be hearing noises and he's probably hearing them anyway. Right? So I can I can completely understand his point yeah. of, of, of getting creeped out. But I will say, um, I don't particularly, because the question is, do I like staying late at, work, late at work? Not particularly. Not for any reason, just other than that, if we're staying late at work, that means that we've put in probably around a, I don't know, 11-hour day. Yeah. At least, right? At, at least. least. At, at least. least. 
you know, I got something for you too, Nadim. This is something that came in a colleague of mine that we know, BB. This is for you. She shared oh, a story with me earlier today that is um, that was quite interesting. So when I I told her about the show, I said, Hey, I got a show tonight with Nadim. We have a show, and she said, I said, Do you have any scary stories of things that's happened here on college campus? And and so she commented that over in Building 72 at South Campus, or 71. I think you may have taught over there at one point. In okay. Building 71, she said the staff, a couple of her staff colleagues over there have claimed there's a ghost there. And they've heard certain things. They've heard weird things. They're in the suite because their suite has a fob on the door. It locks. And all the faculty members have left. You know, no one else is in the suite. And the suite is a mega suite with like maybe 20 offices. But she said she, this lady has claimed to have heard things. And I said, oh, that's so super fascinating. I've been over there, and I'm not in that building very often or, you know, that part of the campus very often. But she said, and I asked her, well, have you seen or heard things? And she replied, yeah. I've heard some things, not in our own suite, but she said she's seen things in general as it relates to this topic. One other thing she did say that I thought you find interesting is this. She said there was one time when the campus had to go on lockdown. This was a few years ago because there was some threat of a a robbery or a sharpshooter or someone who shouldn't have been there had escaped from the police and ran into the campus for safety. And uh, she was in her office. She was in another building. She said it wasn't, she wasn't in our department at the time. She was in another building and she said she, she found, she was with another colleague and it was a student work at the front desk. And then all of a sudden in the area wasn't as, it was very open. So people could enter the space from different angles that you wouldn't even know they're in the back area. Not like it is today. And she said she, she, in the, she happened to go back to the bathroom or the area back there, the suite, and the two people who were running from the cops were in there cowering. They were hiding. Wow. And mm. she said it wasn't – she said, I don't get scared in moments like that because she said I have to be also put in my instinct. She said I played it normally. Everything was good. Everybody got out. But she said it did creep out the young lady who was working at the front desk, who was a student right. worker, as naturally so. And so I said, hmm, that's pretty interesting. You know, that, that's definitely an interesting story. So thank you for sharing, BB. Very interesting story indeed. Thank you, BB. And now I know which building to avoid. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but, Adeem, one more for you. At Wolfson, when I worked at Miami Day College, you know, I wasn't – I've heard about this because I was at, still working at another campus. But at the Wolfson campus in that, that building one, a lady climbed to the third floor and jumped to her, her death. She committed suicide and landed on the first floor. Oh, and, wow. and, you know, and, and her death made a loud, you know, noise and thud on the ground. And it just, you know, you can imagine what happened after that. And so I said, okay, that's kind of creepy. And here's one more that I do remember. Same college, different building. Building one at the Kendall campus is where, the, well, then HR, I think HR is still there, but HR, financial aid and all that, the district offices are there. They have like a basement area in that building. One of the employees in the early 2000s went in that basement area and committed suicide. That made the news. Wow. He killed wow. himself at work. Wow. That's scary. That <laughs> That's is scary. scary. You know, scary. I was, before, before uh, sometime earlier today, before the show, my wife asked me what the topic was today. And so I told her what the topic was, and she shared with me a story that something she remembered is one of the, in the first beginning days of school when she was a little girl. Mm-hmm. Um she passed by the principal's office and you could hear somebody getting paddled and like crying. And to her, she was like, I want to avoid that. Like the plague type of thing, because folks, for those of you listening, um, that used to be a thing in the eighties and before 
you would get paddled to send to the principal's office to paddle. And I am talking about public school, by the way. That's right. So, sure was. I, you know, how easy we forget that, right, Eddie? We don't nope. forget. No. Nope. We don't. <laughs> we don't because we lived it. That is scary. <laughs> right. and I remember I remember my third grade teacher hitting a kid with her. Like, he, like, swung at her. Like, honestly, we were going on our way to lunch, and he had some issues. But he ended up, like, trying to hit her. And she took off her heel and beat him to, like, get to that patio. Hit him. And it was, like, a common thing. And I look back on that, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, this is so traumatizing. Like, right. like that right. could be very traumatizing to have allowed yeah. that. But, yeah. you know, you know, parochial schools have also done it. You know, they're, you know, people, the folks, you know, th- we're not that far removed from all this. 30-plus years ago, corporal punishment right. was legitimate. And that in right. itself, right. today, is very scary. Very scary. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have a question here for you, Billy. And mm-hmm. this question, I'm going to read it, but there's some keywords here that are popping out at me that I'm enjoying. So I want to go ahead and read this. <laughs> and the question is from Todd. Okay. And Todd says, when working at a summer camp, I stayed in a cabin. See, so far that caught my attention. With two other staff members in the early 80s. We were chatting into the late hours of the night when we heard these shrieks from the woods. I know the kids and other staff members in the other cabins heard it. We stepped outside to listen carefully, but no one went to look further. In the end, the shrieks just stopped, but it freaked us all out. We didn't hear it again for the remaining three weeks of the program. Do you think it was a prank? I don't. So, Todd, let me, let me say something. You have set this stage beautifully for a movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, I just want you to know, in the 80s, summer camp cabin in the woods i mean you got some real um some good elements there now in reference to do i think it was a prank when you're in the woods there are many noises in the woods that can be easily identified and then there's noises in the woods that cannot be easily identified Mm -hmm. now i don't know todd where you're located or where this summer camp was so i'm not sure if this is a a densely populated area like the Ozarks, or if this is somewhere more, you know, uh, maybe a different part of LA where it's not as woodsy, I'm not sure. But do I think it's a prank? Well, I don't know. Could it be? Of course it could be. But I also believe you when it comes to hearing shrieks and not be able to, to identify, okay, this is the, where it came from, right? So don't worry, Todd, I'm on your side. Billy, what do you think? I think I think I'm staying in this cabin, and I'm gonna send the deem out and the other boys out to go check out and see what's going on in the distance, because we know how this trope, you know, what what will happen in this situation for people like me. So, on a serious note, I do feel sometimes, Todd, you know what you know, but I also know sometimes, you know, colleagues like to do a a, a nice trick in order to make the occasion memorable, right? And then all of a sudden, who did it? Who did it? Not me, not me, not me. Oh, not me. I would right. think at some point that would have surfaced in the time it had occurred, even after camp. Someone would have come forward and say, hey, it was I out there making these noises. So, Todd, I will say this. We did this segment on Woods. You should go back and check it out. I think it's, it's safe to say, too, that we don't realize how vulnerable we are. Today with smartphones, we're still vulnerable today, right, Nadine? With yeah. smartphones and things of that nature. But just because we have these things, folks, doesn't mean we still can't be susceptible to stuff. But in those days, in the, you know, people had a, a, a strong sense um, of, 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 of safety, you know, that nothing could happen here in these places with these children, right? 
And we know good and well with too many stories and things we talked about in these, on this sex series, and as well as we know historically, that's not the case. So, Todd, I would think that it was maybe not a prank, because if it were a prank, it would have surfaced. It, the, the, the person or the culprit will have revealed himself, herself, or themselves to let it be known. I would also say that it's easier to date a prank with sounds and Wi-Fi speakers and things like that. Those things were not available <laughs> back in the 80s. So if you heard True. something out there, chances are it was something out there delivering it, whether it was human or otherwise. True. True. Very true. And folks, you're listening live to Fright Talk Guys with me and Nadim. And if you'd like to speak to us, you can call us at 347-539-5372. But we realize that many of you don't like to talk to us by phone or dashboard, but you do like to talk to us through our inboxes. So continue to send those questions, comments, and requests to everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. And you can send them also on Fright Talk Guys on Instagram and send them to Nadim as well at NTABSH and N-T-A-B-S-D-H on Instagram as well. So Nadim, I, got, I thought this, this would be interesting to share too. So a colleague of mine who taught at the same high school I taught at she saw that this show was going to go on, and she said, oh, I didn't have a comment or anything, but then, you know, we're catching up on the phone earlier. And she said, but I have to tell you what happened when we used to work at this high school at Sunset High. So she said, one day there was a basketball game, and it was on campus. It was, you know, we were hosting because we were hosting the, the competitors. And then after the game was over, she said, I'm going to run up to my classroom because I need to go get something. It was a Friday evening just before the weekend. So she said she went up to the area. Custodial workers are on campus because they work till 11. Night school's still around, but not on a Friday. Night school's usually Monday through Thursday in that time. So she said she went to the, her floor, her wing, and she passed the custodial worker. There were a couple there of them on the first floor, and her wing is on the second floor to the far back, just above the office, the main office. So she said, I'm going to go back over there to the wing. She said, those lights started flickering crazy. She said, There's, and it was a brand new, at that time, it was a brand, a newly constructed wing had just been renovated, uh, built, actually. And she said, the lights started flickering, flickering uncontrollably. And her classroom was the last classroom in the hallway down the corridor to the right. She said, I'm not going in there. <laughs> she said, I'm not going. And she said, and she said, just the fact that she said, well, maybe I can attempt it, run down the hall. But she said, well, what if they go out totally? And I have no way of seeing what's going on, or maybe something worse is doing it. She said, regardless, I'm not going to do it. She said, I decided to leave. She had some papers, like I think it was a stack of papers or something she wanted to take for the weekend of grades. But she said, I left those papers right there, and I dealt with it that, day, you know, that, next, or that next week. But she said, I'll never forget those lights flickering. And she told the AP about the problem. And they, you know, they went and investigated. They went to the head of security. They looked at the cameras in the area. Cameras did show things flickering. But there was, because it was a camera that, sh- that, that panned in that way, that angle of the, the hallway. But she said, other than that, though, there was no issue. They called an electrician as well. No issue at all. Wow. What, I, and it's, it's funny because I don't know what it is about flickering lights that kind of adds to a, sca- a scary setting, right? You see the yeah. flickering lights, whether it's in like an insane asylum or something like that, uh, or institution rather. So I remember, you know, Seeing on a lot, you know, Billy, you and I love watching these haunted shows and docu-series and stuff like that. And I remember this one where they set up a camera in a school because things would be messed up, right? They'd wake, go there in the morning, there'd be chairs all over the place, <laughs> desks mm-hmm. moved over. So they had these cameras installed because it was believed, I don't know if it was in Ireland or Scotland, I don't recall. But it was believed that some teenagers with vandals were going in there every night and kind of messing around. And so when they mm-hmm. recorded this video... Um, 
in the middle of the night, you know, time stamped and dated and all that, you see mm-hmm. chairs move. You see lockers open and close. I mean, wow. it was, yeah, yeah. The, there was a, so when you see things like that, you think to yourself, okay, well, obviously, um, you know, there's something that can't be explained. I mean, can somebody have fishing string and pull it? Yeah, but somebody still has to get in there. So, you know, you kind of try to debunk those things, but then you kind of also see where it's coming from as well, where you're like, uh, this was already creepy and now things are moving and now we see that things are moving by themselves. Hmm. I'd love to see that. I would love to see that because whenever I see that, even folks, if they fake it, and of course these things can obviously, obviously be staged, but still, it's so like creepy and exciting to watch. I just don't ever want it to happen in anywhere I go. <laughs> like, right, um, right. Let, let it happen in those places, right? Maybe over there, another city, another state or town, but not where I become the protagonist. Absolutely. Um, I got a got a comment comment that came um, a little earlier from Donald, and it writes: I was visiting my friend's high school one time and went to use the restroom during a basketball game. I was the only one in the bathroom. The lights started to flicker, and then they went out. Then they came back on. I got out of there so fast. Have you had moments when you wanted to vacate a space? Oh, absolutely. And again, Mm. there goes the lights flickering, right? Um, Yeah, there's times where I'm in a space and I'm like, nope, (laughs) not for me. You know, and then you just want to leave or you get spooked. Those moments have become less and less the older I've gotten. But those moments obviously definitely exist. And definitely when I was a teenager, um, you know, a lot of times, not when not when I was uh, in middle school or in high school, Mm -hmm. uh, but there was a lot of times where, you know, uh, they had sensors, light sensors. So the light would automatically turn off and you're like the first time you experience that you're like what the hell and then you start walking around and it turns back on you're like oh my goodness the light system's possessed right but so there's things like that but um i don't know i think there's been a few times where there's just i'm like uh there's something about the space i want to get out or something happened suddenly where i'm like yeah i'm just gonna move myself right along what about you billy ever run out of space vacate really quick yeah yep uh, you know, a haunted house attraction, especially at the end. <laughs> you know, hey, Donald, get fun of your situation, but I think bathrooms are already creepy day or night, okay? And I'll give you an example. Besides the haunted house, I'll name this at um, a college I, I, that I, I currently work at as well. You know, I teach a couple courses at it. I'll share what it is, Nova Southeast University. There is a restroom in the library where they fix it now, but I remember the lights would like, I thought they were like what the dean just described. They would come on when you walk in because, you know, they, they, they space, they're, they're energy saving. Well, that did not, it, it did not happen because it was, it was lit, but it wasn't lit lit. And so I go in and I'm like, it's the bathroom right next to my classroom. It literally is on the way that I don't have to stop anywhere else and get out of the building and go to the park, walk to the parking garage to go home. Let me also add, this is like 7.55, almost 8 o'clock at night. It's a fall season. And, the, you know, it's darker earlier here in South Florida. So I right. get up there to Dean and go to the restroom. And I said, I'm going to go in here. I'm going to do my business get the heck out of here. I go in. And as I'm standing in there, of course, you know, doing what you have to do, I start hearing, like, some, like you know how some, someone's sitting, on, like, on their phone while they're on the toilet, like, using the phone, right. like, right, watching right. a YouTube something. 
I started hearing sounds from like the stall that has no light over it. Like the, the la- there's only three stalls in there, and two of them don't have any lighting hardly. And then I start, and then I hear, <laughs> I said, get the hell out of here. So I start, <laughs> I start zipping and watching. I'm like, I'm out of here. And as I left, there's a security guard that sits at the entrance of the building. So I told him, I said, listen. I don't know what's going on, but you may want to call a colleague or two to go in that men's restroom because I explained what I just told you now. And I said, it was kind of creepy. And I said, I'm sure it was somebody in there on their phone and plus playing a little game on me. It probably was a student, but I didn't go look. I wouldn't use the bathroom in a dark like that. I don't care how busy it is. There's another bathroom. There's like three or four bathrooms in that, on that floor, three or two at least on that floor. But that one, and it's not in an out-of-the-way place. It's in a very popular place because the open lab is right there. So Students could come in and out, but it was in between change of class, and it's also 8 o'clock in the evening when there are fewer classes in that section of the building. I just thought it was crazy. I wanted to get the hell out of there. So there it is, Donald. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you. And you know what? Thank you for the question, Donald. And you know what? Following up with that, Billy, we got a question from Benjamin. Benjamin says, when I was in elementary school, my class was outside of recess. I needed to run inside quickly to go to? The bathrooms, and we were just talking about the bathroom. When I entered the area, I heard these weird sounds coming from the bathroom. Then I saw four sets of legs, two people. I got out of there. I told the teacher, but when she and the security investigated, no one was there. I swear I didn't see anything. But do you guys have those moments in bathrooms when you feel just creeped out? So, Billy, I know that you just shared your experience with the bathroom. When I was in middle school, the middle school mm-hmm. I was in closed down, okay? So the middle school I went to was actually uh, for 6th, 7th, and 8th grade was a private school. But mm-hmm. when you think of private school, you think of this nice, posh, no. We were dirt poor. So this was a private school, but it was a private school in a very low-income area, right? I mean, we didn't even have air conditioning in, mm. this, in this private school, okay? So it was a private school just, you know, for the religious factor, let's call it that. Uh, and I remember going to the bathroom, obviously, but I remember being in eighth grade and going to the bathroom and seeing that, you know, because the, the walls were kind of old and the building was old, it's only two stories, and the it had like mint green tile in the bathroom, mm-hmm. and the whole mm-hmm. wall was green. But then when the paint started chipping, under the mint green was black mm-hmm. paint. The walls were painted black at one point, and the stalls were painted black at one point. So I don't know what it was about it, but I find it weird that anybody would want to paint a bathroom black. And so it just kind of for for a school anyway, for a middle school. So I just felt that that was kind of always kind of stuck with me as being a a creep factor, uh, just in general in in bathrooms. Hmm. You know, that, that, that's an interesting story, actually. And, you know, Nadine, you just made me think of something now. We think that schools are these very sacred places where only good things happen, right? We forget that schools, just like other buildings and other structures, the grounds that they're on have history, right? right. <laughs> and so one of the things that I remember very distinctly about the school in which I, I attended for elementary was that it had history it's not too far from the Deering Estate here in South Florida. And also that area at one point was very desolate. It was very vege- high vegetation, few houses here and there. And so our, they were saying one time, though, that the area was uh, that the area that was at used to be a place where there was a lot of like spirituality 
because the Deering Estate is maybe about 15, 10 minutes from it, you know, up old Cutler from the from the, from the school itself. But they would say that there was always, you know, the 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 um the not the Deering family, but the folks that they knew that lived not too far from them, out closer towards the main streets of the of the community. They would claim that the school where I went was it's called Court Elementary was actually a ground for some very uncanny things, like spiritual things. People would go there, people would get lost, people like died. It was almost like a remix of like Suicide Forest meets the haunting of <laughs> the haunting right. of Miami. And so I I I I can't I, I it's interesting to find that when we start digging and prying into histories of schools, schools tell stories, folks. You know, they're just like everything else. I guess the question is, and it's a rhetorical one for all of us to keep in mind, even though these are stories, are these things that we want to know? Is the knowing going to help us any better? And Good. for those of us who are very creeped out by this stuff and enjoy it, like the Dean and I and me, we are in we, we, we take it for what it's worth. But some folks would be very scared. And in fact, that it not only includes schools, it includes teachers. There are certain teachers that can make an environment very creepy as well. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. And by no means do we mean that every school is creepy or something right. like that. No, but I think everybody's had those experiences where, for whatever reason, an event, maybe as a child or maybe as a parent, you're in a school at night, and maybe even as a parent, you just don't like that this, this building that has – you know, that's colorful, that, that's vivid, that's alive during the day, and night becomes so dormant, right? Because it's such a mm-hmm. polar opposite thing. And I think that's the area where, where it kind of throws things a little bit askew for people. Well, here's a question that came in, actually, a story and a question, Nadine. Um, and this one's from Unknown. It reads, I don't have a scary story about a school, but I do have a few about a scary teacher. <laughs> My English teacher, see why they always have to be English. My English teacher was so scary. She had long legs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I heard you. She had long legs, wrinkly skin, and something that looked like a beard or stubble. Yep, she was mean. Do you guys have scary teachers you'll never forget? What do you think, Nadine? All right. All right. Not colleagues, Nadine. Huh? What's your Not colleagues. No, no, not colleagues. No, no, I know, I know. I, now, 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 I have to think back, right, a little bit more. <laughs> I had just a list of people I was about to go on. No, no, no. Uh, uh, before, I, so I think that at least for myself, there's a lot mm-hmm. of times at the beginning of school, whatever, that I felt that I had a, a teacher was scary because they'd come off as very strict, right? So I think that they would be mean. Um, I had a seventh grade teacher, and he started the year big, tall guy, Italian, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember his name. I'm not going to say his name though, but I remember his name. Um, beard. At, I mean, the guy must have been in his mid fifties then, and he was very nice. But I had seen him snap at a few students. Again, they were in the wrong. But I had seen him snap at a few students. And he was just, because he had snapped at a few students, I was just kind of like, ooh, that guy kind of like scared me. And he didn't even finish the year. He was only there for a couple months, and then he left. Um, I don't know. But but it was just something about it that I guess because mm-hmm. I saw him, you know, go off on a student and him being so big in comparison to that student, maybe for me I saw that and I was like, well, that's scary that he's going off on that, you know, 
kid that's, you know, my size. Uh, what about you, Billy? Scary teachers? Mm. Not scary, mean, or strange. You know, there were a handful. And one that comes to mind also is in seventh grade. What goes on in middle school, right? In seventh grade, there was this teacher. I won't name her name. But she would always, she was a language arts teacher. And she would hold her head up in the high, like this, up in the, you know, up in the air when she would teach. And she was so mean, but she had excellent, like, snapbacks. And students would, like, just say things to her to get a rise out of her to see what her response would be. She never cursed, but she was so intelligent, but she knew how to cut you with her words. And one day, funny story enough, this is not the type of teacher you want to talk to after class. So I decided one day, I was sitting in my class, you know, sitting right in front of her lectern, and she was teaching. She had been, whatever she had for lunch flew out of her mouth (laughs) and right on my paper. Oh. (laughs) I looked over. She gave me a look like, you better not say anything. I politely took my pencil and skated on the floor. Oh. I kept quiet because I did not get the stare of death from this woman. And so <laughs> it was so funny, but it was one of those moments that could I have blown up? I could have been like, ew, Miss, you know, Miss so-and-so. Oh, my God. You know, I could have been all dramatic about it. I said, let me be quiet because I value my life and my grade in this class, okay? But it was it was one of those moments where she had this human moment because even when they're so mean or scary, they have that human moment that kind of humanizes them. And it's like, oh, my gosh, you're human. You you pass right. gas like me, you know. You right, have issues right. like me. You you need to floss your teeth like me, you know. And right. so it was just an interesting moment. So yeah, that, that's the only one I could really think of that was hilarious, more than scary. But she was a scary person. <laughs> well, yeah. well, you know, I I, I think that uh, we we have this idea as kids that teachers like live in the school. So when you yeah. see a teacher like outside of school, it's such a like a an odd thing. It's like seeing the Pope at Walmart. It's like, hey, what are you doing here? You go to Walmart? You know, it's, it's something like that. <laughs> now, I see, think I could equate it to that. Well, you know that's true, Nadine. In our time, that was common. And, and that was scary. It's like, oh, my gosh, she wears regular clothes. You know, like, right, it, right, but, right. you know, today, listen, when they see Coach T or Mr. T, depending on Professor T, all his titles, they love him. They, they're going to seek him out, okay? So it's <laughs> So if there's anything that might be the slight reverse of not scared, but not being scared or afraid, it would be back where they'd be like, okay, if I'm going to go to the store, I have to prepare my mind. I'm going to run into somebody I know, especially if it's within my community or neighboring community. And so that's super cool, but it could also be sometimes, you know, a little challenge. But in our time, teachers were like these, like, they were like these popes. (laughs) Yeah. They lived in the school. They slept in the school. They had no families. They only loved us. They loved the great all the time. You That's know, they right. only love the holidays with us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, Billy. I'm, uh, I'm seeing a question here, and it's deep, but we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna ask it, and we're gonna answer it because we're gonna answer okay. all our questions. So, this is from Scary Girl Twenty Six. All right. Scary Girl Twenty Six says, "I think the scariest thing is to be trapped in lockdown in a school without a way out, but that's not a story; it's reality." What do you think? I'll let you say your piece, Billy, and then I'll say mine. Absolutely, that's scary. And it has, I've always had this thought, you know, of safety or concern, and it had nothing to do with any of the schools I worked at, had everything to do with what I was, how I was brought up. My mom worked in corrections. 
she was a law enforcement officer. And so that came home with, you know, that was part of our life. It came home with her. It was part of my upbringing. So there's always these things that I've shared on, on previous episodes that stay with me today in terms of my own awareness and public safety. And so that is a scary, real reality because, again, schools are these sacred spaces, right? until they become contaminated by someone or something or even the very student who's among us. We don't know what people are going through. And so as a result, we just have to be careful and be hopeful that all will end well and that we can go home at the end of the day back to our families. And so that is a scary circumstance of being on lockdown and then having to, you know, use the fight or flight. I think that's, it is true reality, uh, a horrifying reality that we've unfortunately had to endure over the recent years. Yeah. All right, Scary Girl 26. So here's the deal. I agree with you 100%. And it's sad that sometimes things have come to that. But the truth is, as an educator, we do um, we do active shooter drills in buildings, right, to, to ensure that we have the safety of, of our kids in mind first, right, of our students, no matter what age group, right, of our students. And so we've been in situations um where there has been a real lockdown and you do have to lock yourself and hide somewhere and there's been situations with obviously other people and there's been situations where you're just practicing it's just a, a drill but you know what i i agree with you that it is a scary situation because it becomes real right at that point it's real it's not what you see in the news it is real and it's happening so yes it is scary it is reality and it's unfortunately the reality of the world that we live in. You know, Dean, that was great. But what if the enemy is Mother Nature herself, such as an earthquake? Right. And you're trapped in a school during an earthquake or another natural disaster. Another example, 9-11. I was in a high school class when it occurred. And I remember, right. like, it went around the school. It was pandemonium. Parents were coming in. They were asking teachers in their planning period to come in the office, attendance office to help sign out kids. There were, like, a 1,000 parents in the school. It was such pandemonium. And that was so, for me, Scary Girl 26, that was so scary, a, na- a, a, a national or, or, or unnatural crisis, you know, or a crisis in general. It was just so crazy. And then I started thinking, oh, my gosh, I am no different, you know, whether I'm here at home. If I were home, I think that would be just as scary because then what else would I do? But I'm at least able to be in a place where I can help people. But yet I'm also in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, what is my family doing? Because we didn't know what was going on. We didn't know what else would be popping off in different places around the nation. And so it was a very scary time. And we were, and, and so I, I think what you brought up is a very valid point, Scary Girl. Now, see, Scary Girl, you scared us. You, you see, <laughs> Nadine, she just changed our tone here. I was having such a good old time here. Yeah, girl, you made us get deep. This out. Yeah, you got us deep. You got us deep, scared girl. But thank you for your question. We appreciate it. <laughs> hey, here's one for you to do. This is unknown. What's cool? This is from unknown. What's cool is that horror and schools don't go together. But then again, they can if you allow your imagination to run through. Bravo on the topic. Do you think scary schools are too sensitive for younger audiences? So, I think it can be, depending on how it's delivered. I remember Mm -hmm. R.L. Stein came out with a series, and I don't recall what the name of the series, but R.L. Stein came out with a series, um, and the series was more like a gross, weird elementary or middle school Mm -hmm. type of deal. 
And see, something like that, that would work well for kids, right, for a younger audience. But now mm-hmm. if Billy and I are here talking and we're talking about terrible stories of going back to school and any uh, younger audience that shouldn't be listening is listening, that, that could freak them out, and it's not supposed to, right? It's not supposed to. Now, in reference to horror movies in schools, there have been some horror movies in the 80s that kind of set some scenes in school. You know what they also like to do a lot? They would like to do this uh, when it comes to, like, vampires or vampire shows. They will do something in the school. Uh, I remember the, the show Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which was, like, mm. like horror, was always around. It was, it, you know, a lot of things happening in a high school. And when they went to their mentor, he was the librarian of said high school. Yeah. Right? That's so true. So, but I think that the the more time has passed, I think the more we've got kind of gone away from that. Uh, what do you think, Billy? Do you think that scary school topic too sensitive for the younger audience? No, because I think also because I I'll be honest, I used to scare my own students with it. Oh, they would look for it. I, when it was Halloween, I would come dressed up, and then and these are seniors, juniors and seniors. I would come dressed up, and then I would have this whole like act going on, and I turn off the lights and put a candle and tell stories. They wanted it. They like they were glutton for it. So they were glutton for fear. But I think that um, as far as super young audience, we have to be respectful and sensitive. But also then shame on Stephen King and, and Buffy and, and, and other makers, filmmakers and, and writers alike for creating these storylines about the most vulnerable, right? And so, right. But, but it makes for great horror. I do want to share with you too. I heard this recently, Nadine, regarding Buffy. They're trying to do a reboot. Uh, the rumor is that there's a reboot, and the reboot will have Willow. Remember Willow, who was the, the friend, yes. who was the goth, and right, right, she was right. like lesbian or something. Yeah, yeah. So her daughter, because she was a witch, her daughter right. will be the next Slayer. So she's going to have a combination of powers and slaying abilities. Huh. That sounds good. So that's the thought, the concept from the rumors <laughs> that are circulating. And so, of course, you know, folks, when you think about these school stories, and I, another thing on that, too, Nadine, I realized, and, and Buffy, because I watched a lot of that. I watched Angel as well. Yeah. And I remember they would always be breaking things and looking for wood to, like, stake these, you know, fires. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, these schools are a lot. They must have really good budget. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they might go through. Things are broken, death, you know, the dance. Are they always seem the to have The library looked like uh, something out of a mansion. It was crazy. Oh, the library was like Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That probably wasn't a public school. And this guy, this older gentleman running around with these teenagers, it was kind of weird. (laughs) (laughs) I have a question here for you from Tina. Mm -hmm. Tina, thank you for your question. I actually love this question. Do you guys believe that there are clairvoyant people? I do. My family has some. Billy? So if we're looking at the definition of clairvoyance, that's hearing another person's thoughts, right? So I think there are people who could – like so there are folks who hear thoughts there are folks who believe to have telekinesis who can move objects and then there are familiars who can sense things right they're sensories they're sensors there's another word for them i can't recall right now so clairvoyant hearing other people's thoughts perhaps that's true and i will be honest that's a scary thing you know it could be helpful and hurtful just like any other gift right but i think that there are people who are who could be clairvoyant and if you know them, can you tell them to come to contact us? <laughs> yeah. We'd like to interview them. We could talk to them live on the show because, and not to debunk what they're doing or to ridicule them, 
but instead to really you know look at this the strange the unique the unusual the gifted we'd like to probe that further to see where it can go absolutely and i do believe that there are people that are clairvoyant i believe that certain people are first of all i believe that everybody is born with a gift for something and i believe that people um that there are people that are clairvoyant and and sometimes people know how to tap into that potential and sometimes people don't and they have to be you know kind of led or kind of schooled on how to tap into that but the potential is there right because they kind of have mm-hmm. that ability so yes mm-hmm. you know i absolutely believe that people could be clairvoyant absolutely and i think that there's probably more people that are clairvoyant that may not know that they are or maybe have have uh felt connections and things of what other people are thinking and have not been able to maybe address or or kneel down exactly their gift. So thank you for the question, Tina. Awesome. We got one coming from Stephanie. She says she wants to know from us, Nadine, what is the scariest thing that has happened to either of us when we were in school? Mm, Scariest thing Mm, that's happened in school. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I don't know. Because I think more of what my career than I did when I was in school. Yeah. So I got to discern or distinguish between the two, right? Um, hmm. I don't know. Happening as a student, I can't think of much other than food fights and craziness. You know, I hated a food fight. My God. Like, I thought it was so stupid to throw food. And I always seem to be the victim to get clocked out the head with something. It was like, why they got to go for me? And don't go under the tables because they'll hit you. They'll get you. Like, run under the table, they'll throw the milk under there, right? So my school was notorious for food fights. And they'll start with a chant, food fight, food fight. And then all of a sudden, there's food being slung everywhere. It was horrible. And I always came out victimized, and I ended up having to go home early. I want to say that happened like three or four times in middle school. And I didn't ever start it, and I just wanted to eat my food, okay, and just be left alone. We only get 35 minutes. Right. <laughs> so that was for me, I think that's you know, that or just, you know, fights in general, but nothing that I can say that was on a horrific standpoint that really spooked me out. No, no, for me either. Nothing horrific like that. However, in high school, there was many times that sometimes there was a, a fight, somebody pulled out a weapon, something like yeah. that. So, you know, that, that was a big deal, and that was scary at that time, right? But as far as something like scary, creepy, something that can relate to like a horror movie, no, to be honest with you, I've never... I've never experienced anything like the thankfully mm. I never recall experiencing anything like that. Thank and notice how I said thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question here for you, Billy. I think it's one more. Okay. We can get to this. Sandy says, I wish I could go back and visit my grandmother's high school. She claims it was haunted. Her teacher passed away on the school grounds. Ooh. The school is somewhere in Arkansas. Do you think with all the school shootings and stuff that some schools could be haunted because of the tragedy? Mm. And Sandy, that's a really good question. I think of the tragedy that's right here in our own backyard, Nadim, at Stoneman Douglas. And I do know that they they roped off or, or demolished that part of the building. Like there was a, there, they did not use, they don't use that part of the building. Like it's gone. And so, and there's a whole thing about that, too. Whether it be schools, places like that, do we desecrate those places because of the fact that there's such tragedy there? And that goes back to a, a very colonial or Victorian aspect of what death means to spaces. It's very interesting. 
But houses have an exception for some interesting reason. Buildings or commercial places or, you know, edifices of that sort are different. They seem to have a double standard. So I would say that these things, you know, there could be some energies or circumstances in a place. I think those things could linger, Sandy. And unfortunately, we'll never know unless we venture there or they make a memorialized garden of it. What do you think, Nadine? It's a tough question, Sandy, because we've it seen is. These, uh, these horrific things that have happened in schools across the country. Um, here's what I will say. I will say that even though there's times where there's tragedy, as a community, we try to learn from it and we try to move on. And then we try to fill that space with more positive uh, memories and, and, and things like that. Um, I don't know the answer to that. And I don't want to say something that's wrong because I, I don't know. Um, I would like to think, especially because of all the victims, that everybody is at rest, right? So there's no, you know, uh, lingering spirits or anything like that. Um, I think for any reasonable person, do you go to any location, whether it's in a school or not, that there's been some sort of mass tragedy, you're going to feel somber, and there, there's going to be a scary feeling to it. Um, but as far as if these locations of the, are haunted because of the shootings, I, I don't know if there's a, a right or wrong way to answer that, to be honest with you. Mm. Great question. And did we get all of our questions, Nadim? I think we hit them all, I right? I think we did. We had, we had quite a few come in today. That was yeah, really, really Oh, folks, we have to say thank you because just as we, Nadine, we always have these post chats and, and pre chats before the shows, and you never know what's going to happen, even how well planned they are, what the outcome will be. And we want to thank everyone for listening tonight and showing your continuous love and support in, in, in giving us these interesting stories, whether they be fictional or based in, in reality. We thank you so much. And we also want to encourage you to join us. Two weeks from tonight is, is August 27th. And we're going to be talking about exorcisms. Oh, boy, Nadine. Exorcisms. That's one we've not done here in a while. And, folks, we are nearing our favorite time of year. You oh, know yeah. what time of year it is. You go to the stores. You can see it. Fall is upon us. And so you should check out our – go to everydayfolksradio.com and check out our calendar. We have so many things lined up for September, conversations about werewolves and shape changers, October, the history of Halloween. And, of course, a few other surprises as well. Thank you guys so much for listening. As Billy said, join us on Fright Talks on Instagram, and you can always DM us your questions, or you can always email us at frighttalkguys at gmail.com. We appreciate the love. We most certainly appreciate the support. And until next time, from me, stay spooky. Take care, all. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.